This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. We are talking about how you should run experiments, what size the sample should be, and his well, wonderful research. And just the, the general point that you, you can't kind of blindly apply kind of traditional statistical logic when it's a totally different context with different goals that you're trying to actually realize. So that's kind of the issue I, I see huge, also. With I mean, I'm just, I'm just blown away by that. It's like, that's, I mean, it's striking me as like, wow. Like, it's amazing, that's really right? important. When I first heard about this research, I yeah. said to our producer, Michelle, yeah. get him on the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is where Thank marketing this is matters. Huge. This is yeah. huge. But does your method have a name? Um, yeah, it's called test and roll. Okay, nice. Um, nice and it nice. was coined. did you come up with it? Nope. No. Okay. Um, you got to call it the Berman method. Man. So we <laughs> actually, so we're here to help with the branding so, part. So it is okay. authored with Ellie Fight. Okay, so, and who's she's, been on the show uh, by the way? Right. Fantastic. And we visited a company. The fight Berman method. Berman fight. It is the fight Berman method. Absolutely. And the and and the data scientist in this company tells us, you know, we're running this experiment where we just run the experiment with no statistics and then roll it. We call it a test and roll. And I'm like, that's exactly what we're advocating. Can we use that name? And she said, yes, of oh, course you cool. can. Oh, very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's so it's good. a test and roll. All right, test so let's I mean, you can, like, you can make, sorry, that, that you can make that super sexy. Except that test this is a brand thing. identity thing. I, I got, I, I'm I love never going to move on. Test, I'm sorry. I'm Barbara, you're going to get, I'm, let me shut up because Barbara, she's starting to give me the sort of the, the evil eye. I, he sees a brand Test and roll, man. It's like, I mean, that's that, I mean, that's going to be like rolling up the, ca- the, the cash machine, man. But well, what? if we charge money for it, then yes. <laughs> anyway, sorry. so here's the, the now you have another paper that's more controversial. Yes, um, and the, one of the things that's controversial about it, and before we even get to your work, is I think because you use the word p hacking in mm-hmm. the title, which you're going to move away from probably. Yes, you, but before you move away from it, why? Be, and not even in your own context, just yep. tell us what p hacking is. So. so- so it same, is, it's, it's a word that is around a lot. Yep. Yes. You so, hear a lot of yes. people talk so, about so it. So p-hacking, the, the p there comes from a p-value. So this is the result of hypothesis tests. And, and we're used to or have been used to saying there is this threshold that if the p-value goes below this threshold, we probably have evidence that uh, our experimental results are valid and there's a difference between version so A and version B. So that's what America's is saying. p P equals 0.05 were golden. Right. That's right. And it's completely arbitrary. And so, first of all, the threshold is a bit arbitrary. And the other thing is there's a lot of flexibility to getting to this P value. That's right. So, what you should do is you should design everything in advance. You should re register it. You should set the sample size. You should run the experiment and then determine the results. Right. But, for example, if the P value is not low enough or it's 0.06, you can start doing all sorts of things. Which gets back to your power idea. Exactly. But you can start, you know, maybe uh, these subjects are removed them from the analysis or maybe i'll just continue to run the experiment and get more subjects in it or maybe um i'll slice and dice the data in a way that gets the p-value or maybe i'll run a different regression all sort of things yeah so the term p-hacking got its name uh, from research from our colleagues in the the oid department and from leif and leif nelson at berkeley with this idea that says people have all sort of flexibilities they take with their data to get to the p-value below the threshold that allows them to publish and the paper. And that violates randomization and all sorts of other things, right? It, it, just, it just violates, you know, common yeah, sense. Common sense. <laughs> right, right, right. Common sense. In the right. sense, you know, I, so I'll, I'll give you an example. So when I was studying physics in my undergrad, we had to do lab experiments. And, and you know, you, you get measurements and there is measurement error. And one of the points doesn't fit the nice chart you're trying to build. Some people would just move the point in the graph. <laughs> So this, is a for, this is a form of p-hacking. Okay? Yeah. Wow. 
Um, That's amazing. So but, pity hacking yeah. has been come to know right. you're but, kind but, of cheating exactly. to get a statistical significance level I mean, so it's publishable. It, well, it's, it's but, fundamental human psychology, right? You want to see the world in the way that you want to see it. So people like interpret things around them so, in a way that fits what they want to believe. Exactly. Right? And but so this is a manifestation not, of that. But it's not always cheating. So, right. so I'll give you an example. Right. Continuing to run the experiment until you get the p-value, right. some people just did it naively because they didn't think it's wrong. Right. Or they kind of knew it's incorrect, but it was unclear by how much it inflates the mistakes. That's right. And, and it inflates them by a lot. That's right. So p-hacking is like now kind of known as, as a list of things that people can do to, to get the p-value or the results of the experiments as they would like them. Mm-hmm. It's not always malicious. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just naively. Sometimes people kind of uh, convince themselves it's okay to do that because I already know what the experimental results are going to be, so I just get a better, faster decision. But where it, now, this, it, let's mm-hmm. make a differentiating yep. in publishing and in business. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because in publishing, it's gotten a pejorative term because yep. you're supposed to be science in publishing. Correct. And so anything that's p-hacking makes your result, maybe it isn't true, because you violated some rules. Now, in business, they don't care if it's true or not, to your original point. So maybe some form of p-hacking might make sense in business. So so it's interesting. You can rationalize rationalize (laughs) p-hacking if it makes the experiments shorter. Because that, the other paper just like says stop earlier. Said. Exactly. But actually, if you're continuing to run the experiment until you get the p-value, actually make it longer. Right. So actually, right. p-hacking might work against you. If you're so focused on getting significance, let's say to convince your boss that the experiment works, mm-hmm. that you're actually lowering the the, the profit of the company. You're, mm-hmm. Instead of saying, look, the only thing we care about is measuring what the difference is with some accuracy. My boss or whoever is in charge tells me if it's not significant, I don't trust you're not going to implement it or I'm not going to move forward. Mm-hmm. You're going to run the experiment even longer than you should ne- You should have needed if you wanted to maximize your profit. So mm-hmm. I think what what happens a lot with significance in PIVA is it, it focuses you too much on on getting significance and not thinking is what is about what, what is the, the goal, other, of, the goals either of the in experiment. science or in business the exactly benefits and costs exactly right so mm-hmm. uh, and in science we care less about the size of the difference of the, of the magnitude of the effect in business you really care if you're right, making one dollar right, or a hundred dollars right, on right, on, right, on right. The size of the effects matters yeah. right right so so we got some uh, into tr- I don't know trouble but we got a lot of criticism for. In our analysis, saying so, talk about the second paper. Okay. We even mentioned the second paper. So, yet. the second paper is is pretty cool. We got data from a very large platform that runs A/B tests for. So, they provide the tools for other companies to run A/B tests. And an A/B test, very simply, is when you have a website that has two versions, A and B. Some people get exposed randomly to version A. Some people get exposed to version B, and you compare the performance. And they can be different one. on any number of things. It's not systematic. Yeah, they can be different colors. colors. They can be different texts, yeah. different prices. And a lot of Differences also could right. be. Yes, although you usually it's the recommendation is not to change too many things at once because then you cannot attribute the change to right, that. Right. Too that many is things. reasonable, yeah. but I've seen people. But yeah, but people sometimes. <laughs> yeah, right. But but it change. actually goes back to your point, Ron. In some yep. sense, unless you re- unless you really want to know, like it's the banner ad on the left versus yep. the color green. Maybe yep. you don't care. It's like <laughs> yeah, you the, don't the care. How, this is what I'm going to implement. But but if if you're going to make 17 changes, one will contract the other one, etc. And in the end, it will be a wash, right? So I see, so yeah. you do want to so, say I see. Gotcha. gotcha. I want to make a the change driven by yeah. Something that I hope will work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got data for like uh, a couple of thousands of experiments from them, which was very hard to get. Usually it's hard to convince a company to give you the data. The data is really cool because we don't only observe 
the results of the experiment, we observe it as it's running. Every day we see how many people saw each type of, of version of the website, how many people clicked everything, and when the experiment was stopped. And we're trying to answer three questions in this research. Um, first of all is how many of these experiments yielded an effect which is so small that it would be impossible to detect, which means we call it a null, a null or a true null value. Um, the second thing is how many of the significant results are probably mistaken and actually they're called a significant difference when there is no difference. This mm. is a, called a false discovery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then in the end, we're also asking, is there anything in the behavior of the experimenter that makes them increase or inflate the amount of false discoveries they have? Mm -hmm. And this we attribute to p-hacking. Because in these experiments, the only thing you can do is just decide when to stop. Mm -hmm. So the only thing you can say is, oh, it's not significant yet. I can continue to run it until it's significant, or I'll cut it short, or something like that. You cannot really change the data or manipulate anything. So presumably they would say, let's stop it if they seem like they're getting very significant results and why run both, so, right? so I asked uh, one of our colleagues once, uh, can you tell me when you would stop an experiment too early? And he says, when I'm afraid the, the effect might go away, oh. <laughs> I can see someone stopping early. Like I got a big effect. I'm just going to stop. Um, and when would you continue to run? He says, either I, I'll need significance or it's too big to believe Mm -hmm. And I'll need to convince my colleagues I'm going to let it continue to run. So just, I just want more validation. Yes. More validation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if it's mm -hmm. too, too good to be true, you might stop later. Mm -hmm. If it's too small, you might stop early because you don't care. So there's different reasons to stop it. Yep. So what we do in this data, we, we analyze it as a portfolio of experiments, which uh, it's similar to a meta-analysis that people do yep. uh, in, in academia. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we find a few interesting things. So So the first thing we find is that more than 70% of the experiments, this is including the significant, the non-significant, all of them, probably had null effects, which means they have tiny, tiny, tiny effects you cannot find. And it has a big implication. It means even companies that are thinking about changes, it's hard for them to design changes that have an effect online. So gotcha. most of the time... Doesn't matter. Right. It's <laughs> but, bit, but, I, I wouldn't say it doesn't matter, but it just says it's hard to influence people. Like well, here, people, the, here's the thing as well, though, because a part of, I think, is this must be pointing to is the fact that, or maybe you'll talk about mm -hmm. this as well, is the fact that they're not good at designing and <laughs> so identifying. That's the thing. I don't know if they're not good at it. They're just trying. If they're trying randomly, they're not good at it. <laughs> you you want to mm -hmm. pick stuff that there is a theoretical reason right. or there is experience right. that will tell you it should work. Right. I'm sure that pricing experiments work. If yeah, you right. give people a 10% discount, we will see an effect. Right. right. It's a robust um, finding. If, right. if you just change colors or texts very slightly, yeah, probably there's not going to be a change. And, and, this, and this recommendation of just experiment with everything and see what happens, it works well if you experiment with things that matter. Mm -hmm. If you just randomly change things, you're just, it costs too much in engineering time and mm -hmm. experiments and you don't get anywhere. So mm -hmm. this is the, the first finding. Mm -hmm. The second one is that out of the ones that are called significant, that is, you have enough sample and this is significant. Mm -hmm. um, they so, were all p-hacked. No, <laughs> okay, not good. at all. Okay. But between 30 and 40% of those results are also nulls. 
So even if your tool tells you there is a difference, if you did it, implement it later, it would probably not replicate. Mm. Um, and the reason is because of this high baseline of, of null effect. So this is called a false discovery rate. Mm. There's ways to fix it. Oh, I see. I see. But uh, only, not only now, but after so we wrote... The, yep. So what you said with the high base rate mm-hmm. is that most of these effects are null. So if you're finding it, it's probably you've inappropriately sampled situations where it's true. And if you let it go long enough, it would all even out and come out as null. Is that... Um, no, it's it's something like if I told you that the chances of someone getting a disease is zero point zero 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 one percent, okay, um, and you test them for the disease and it's a positive, but I tell you there's a five percent chance of a false positive. Would you say that they have a disease or they have a false positive? They probably have a false positive. Right, right. This is about that, like. Even if your tool told you there is an effect, it's probably so, 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 so small that it's just a fluke. So, yeah, oh, okay. maybe if you run it to infinity, you'll, it will tell you the right result. But I don't know how big infinity right. is, right. like how far it needs to right. go. And then there's the p-hacking result that we have. And we say it would appear like that um, if, if – so the platform shows you something called confidence. And it says the confidence in the difference is 90 percent, 95 percent, etc. Some people seem to be waiting until they get to 90% and then stop, mm. or they get to 95% and then stop. And it's a pretty cool way to analyze it. You just look at people just before and just after they reach 90%, and you see a jump in the probability of stopping. Like you see it graphically. It's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. And this is literally waiting for a p-value. And that inflates your false discovery rate from about 30-something percent to 40-something percent. Mm-hmm. So you're adding to the already error rate, which is pretty high that you had, just because of your focus on p-values. Interesting. Uh, and this is what people get, like, the, the give us the most criticism for. <laughs> Why don't they like that? That yeah. seems reasonable. Uh, I, I, so so far, a lot of people get agitated by the term "p hacking." Right, because yeah. it has okay. a okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. So you're going to take that term out. It's, uh, it's it's formally also optional stopping. So now it's optional stopping. <laughs> right, right, right. This is well like branded. the statistical term. Optional yeah. stopping is good. That makes yeah. sense. That uh, has none um, of the old politics on it. We, right. we get different questions. So some question is how, uh, like, the statistical evidence there is not very very strong. Not everyone looks at ninety percent and jumps. Um, so people are like, how can you interpret that, etc. Okay, so this right. is more technical. Sure, sure. Like you can't see some, into their minds and see the intent yeah, exactly. for the, the, the robustness S- Some people the say, look, you yeah. don't know what they're experimenting with. So maybe the ones who experiment with bad stuff stop early, and etc. So you can, you can interpret it in different ways. Okay. The evidence is pretty consistent, let's say it, in, in different ways you analyze it. It's also pretty plausible behavior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the only thing we're trying to say is like, look. It's consistent we, with. Yeah. Yeah. You might want to look. If, if you're running um, a business that runs a lot of experiments. And if this result matters. <laughs> yeah. You want to you wanna train right. your people and you want to make sure that they don't they make this mistake, but also they don't make the other mistakes. Right. Yeah. So, Sounds yep. good. Wow. Well, Ron, it's wonderful to have you with us. Yes. Thank you for coming into the studio. Yes, and Thank changing you. our worldview, yes. as it were. Yeah. Thank you for hosting me. It's always yeah. fun to be here. Yeah. It's excellent. If you want to find more about Ron, look up at the Wharton website. He's one of our professors. Yeah. And his name is Ron Berman. Or you can find him on Twitter at Marketing Sensei. Market Sensei. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.